This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Uni Therapy. My name is Kat, and I have recorded this intro about 15 times, so be with me in this moment. If you are new, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And before we get going, I just want to give the little disclaimer that this is not therapy. This is just a podcast where a therapist is talking about a lot of different things. Before we get into the episode, I'm like so excited to talk about the episode. <laughs> Maybe that's why I keep messing the intro up. But before we get going, I just want to give a little shout out to an event that is happening in Nashville. And it is called the Songs to End Alls, a night benefiting the longest day in the Alzheimer's Association. It is a free event. It is on Sunday, June 20th at Live Oak. The doors open at five. I'm going to put the links in the show notes. So if you want to be a part of this or just learn more, you can go there. But it's going to be a songwriter style night. And I'll read some of the people that are going to be there. Current artists include Jay Allen, Kylie Morgan, Zach Stone, Sam DeRosa, Tiger Lily, After Midtown, Jason Nix, Kyle Jacobs, just to name a few. There's more. There's more names. But it's a really cool event and this cause is really dear to my heart. Alzheimer's affects a lot of people and it has affected people that I love and care about. And so I just wanted to share this event. If you want to learn more, again, show notes, go look at them. Now let's get into it. God works in mysterious ways, you know? God just like knows what he's doing sometimes, you know? My guest today is my friend Max, Max Berry, and he is somebody that I have gotten closer with over the past probably six months, but I've known for a couple years. We've been talking about him coming on the podcast for a couple months, and then you'll hear in the conversation, but I was reading this book and I was like, I want to talk about this with you. And so we were like, let's do the podcast. Like, let's talk about it on the podcast. And it just so happens that 
we recorded this and it's Pride Month, which I just, it means even more to me that we're doing this on Pride Month to help support that as well. So again, my, my guest's name is Max Berry. He's amazing. He teaches at Full Ride with me. He's an awesome, awesome fitness instructor, an even more awesome human. And he got very open with me and I'm just so grateful for that. He was very open with me in this conversation and I even learned a lot about him through this conversation. And we just started talking about masculinity and sexuality and the, and the problems with toxic masculinity and how it separates people and creates hierarchies. And he really talked about his experience of coming out and what that was like. And I'm going to stop because the... <laughs> the episode will do the talking. But I'm just so happy to have this conversation out there. I think that this is a conversation for anyone because what we're talking about at the end of the day is humanity. And we're all a part of that. So I want to say thank you, Max, for doing this. Thank you for being open. Thank you for being yourself. And thank you for choosing yourself to choose to be yourself because some of us choose to be other people and we miss out. And I don't have to miss out on you because you've chosen to be yourself. And I just am really grateful for that because also it's not easy for us to choose ourselves. So you're going to love Max as much as I love Max. So let's not waste any more time. Here he is. Here I am. Here's my conversation with my friend Max. All right, guys, I have a very special guest and I don't always say that just said this is the first podcast he's ever been on which is a huge deal but he is my friend that i met in february well i met you a while ago I know. we actually have known each other technically for a long time yeah okay well first of all this is max say hi. hi hello i like to talk about first impressions so i met you probably two years three years would it be three years it was was it sculpt house yeah so 2018 be... yeah okay so max was a trainer at a studio r.i.p that's no longer here yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> and i remember i would only go to Anne marie's class and addie's class i'd go to hers but i really just was a stickler for her which Anne marie's been on the podcast before she did an episode on fitness culture she's we're obsessed with her here right yeah oh my god yeah, yeah. and i think that you taught like at 8 30 or something i could go between clients i don't know the point is i went i was like oh who's this max guy and I left and I texted Anne-Marie and I was like, Anne-Marie, that guy is great. I was like happy during that <laughs> class. <laughs> and it was a type of exercise that wasn't my favorite. Like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like exciting for yeah. me. And I was like, I was smiling. And she was like, yeah, he's great. And then two years later, now we work together. And here we are. Here we are. So Max works at Full Ride with me as an instructor. If you're in Nashville and you haven't been, Come take my class and then go take Max's <laughs> class. <laughs> That's um, respectively correct. We've been talking about having you on here for a while. Yeah. And kind of like, I don't really know what we would talk about. Like, we'll figure it out, though, because obviously. Yeah, it'll come. It'll come. And then I was reading this book titled Man Enough, and it's written by Justin Baldoni. So did you know who this guy was? He plays Raphael and Jane the Virgin. And I never really watched that show. Now I'm watching it and it's actually very good. So he wrote this book and it's called Man Enough and it was about toxic masculinity. And I'm listening to this book. I listened to it in the morning as I was getting ready and it felt like I was like hit with like a ton of bricks on my face as I'm listening to him describe some of these things and how masculinity is portrayed and advertised and encouraged in our culture. 
And I think I, did I text you or did I talk to you in person? You mentioned it to me. Okay. I think I had seen that you posted something about it. Okay. And I just was like, oh, I have to talk about this with yeah. you. So we were talking before. I don't really know how to ask the questions that are in my head because they're not questions. They're just like jumbled thoughts. So I think what I want to start with is one, everybody should go read that book. I don't care if you're a man or not. I don't care what you are. Go read the book because it applies to everybody. Let's start with how has masculinity been defined and shown to you? How have you experienced it? What does it mean? All of those things. All of the above. I mean, it can be taken so many different ways. I think the way I interpret masculinity is how I was raised. And for background, for people listening, my my upbringing, I mean, my parents divorced when I was four. And so I lived full time with my mother and then I have two older sisters. And my dad was still a part of my life, but there was always a little bit of a um, disconnect between us. And that only grew as I got older. And I always felt a sense of safety and a sense of security with my mom and my sisters. But with my dad, it was always, there was always tension. And so when I think of masculinity, I think of all of the things that he wished I was that I always resisted against. When you say tension, say more. I, this hasn't been established yet, but I, I'm gay. So I guess that also mm-hmm. should be said. And so grappling with those thoughts before I understood what they really meant until later in life, I think that kind of says it all, you know, because I didn't know who I was, but he was pushing this. You to be one way. Yeah, exactly. And, and clearly there was a resistance, but I didn't know what it meant or what it was. How would you describe your dad? Um, we don't speak anymore. Okay. Okay. And I'm not upset about it. It's totally okay. fine. When you felt resistance, like what was that? Like he wanted you to play football? Honestly, yes, exactly. Okay. But it wasn't football, it was baseball. Okay. That was probably like one of my earliest memories actually, because, and this is sort of a funny story. I was put into T-ball when I was probably five years old mm-hmm. or something. And I always remember this. My dad was always the one that would push me anytime I would say, I don't want to do this. And he would push me and push me and push me. And granted, In life, there are people that need to push you to do Mm -hmm. things that they know are good for you. But this was a sense of pride for him. And it was like, I was a baseball player. You need to be a baseball player. And also Mm -hmm. with him having two other daughters and me, the only son, and also the youngest in the family, it was kind of like, I guess, in his eyes, maybe his last chance at like, I don't know. I feel like there's also that that preconceived Mm -hmm. idea, too, for for those type of men that only Mm -hmm. get one son or even in stories throughout history. It's like the one son, you know, the son. It's I don't know. The golden hero. of Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. There's some stigma around that. Anyway, so he put me in T-ball and I I specifically remember complaining to my mom that my feet were hot. in my cleats stop it and now, like i'm not kidding that's literally why i wanted to quit um, anyway so at you this to, like, point wear thick socks and then yeah, the cleats it was, and then it's hot out it like, the I outfit it. wasn't doing yeah, it for me. wasn't doing it my mom wanted to put me in ballet and i so wish that she had done that because you can you don't have to wear any shoes no shoes but anyway so i remember that specifically that you that's know, at five. That was at five years old. Yeah. I was already just batting heads with him. No pun intended. That's that's one of my earlier memories yeah. of him kind of just pushing a certain view that he had on me. And and granted, I know there are way there are times where parents need to push their children yeah. to do things that maybe they don't want to do because they are inexperienced and they don't understand what could be good for them in the in the future. But I guess in that scenario that just was one example of where I was right and he was wrong. <laughs> 
I like that you're saying people have to push you. You're not saying like, I don't want to be encouraged and challenged. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I played played soccer because my family played soccer, but yeah. I didn't have to. I remember my dad saying, I don't care what you do, but you have to do something. I don't care what you do, but you have to have a hobby. Exactly. And you didn't so much get that. No. From your dad. No. It wasn't a path of like, I'm an authority figure. I'm your father. I'm here to coach you and develop you and challenge you. But I want you to discover that on your own. It was, this is what I know is right for you. And this is what you're going to do, right and wrong. So what does that look like as you grow older and you start to really actually make sense of like, I don't want to do this. This doesn't feel like me. As you're starting to make sense of that, what does that look like? Well, I think as I grew older and and a lot of children that, that go through a divorce of their parents, I think most people, it's pretty common knowledge that there's some sort of like government regulation of like you spend this much time with your mom and mm-hmm. this much time with your dad based on who's the primary parent, I guess. I don't really know the specifics of it, but we didn't do that for some reason. So I just saw my dad when I saw him. It wasn't like a, you have to go here every other weekend. How old were you when they got divorced? When I was four. All, all of my memories have to do with separated parents and difficulties there. It sa- I guess that sounds like it could be kind of sad, you know, but in this, I never knew anything else. So it's not like I feel like I missed anything, but that's just me personally. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I don't relate a feeling of like regret or a feeling of missing out or anything like that. That's just because again, like, and, yeah. and we haven't really gotten to my mom's side. Yeah. She is like an angel and the best human ever. So the more I developed into myself and my identity and my adulthood, I guess you could say, yeah. the further away I moved from my dad. So I, I don't know if this is jumping around, but I would like to know, I would like to know this from personally myself and yeah. just for the essence of the conversation. But as a kid, because my experience is what I've always seen is always what I felt. So there has never been any confusion, mm-hmm. right? So as a kid, what does that look like? And what does that feel like? And what goes on when you're like, okay, I see mom and dad and mom and dad and boyfriend and girlfriend and this and that. Yeah. And what is that? And then you start to, well, I don't fit in with this or that. And how do you then? You mean of like other people when I would see that? I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I've never had to be confused of like why I don't feel like this is me because mm. that's always been what I feel like. Right. So what does that feel like when you're, I don't even know if you can describe this, but when you're like, but wait a second, that doesn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? How old were you when you remember feeling that? And then how do you actually figure out what that even is? Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. I think the conversation that happens inside your own head is really difficult to separate i guess yeah you know when you think about talking to yourself about something mm-hmm. when you when you think about that rationally then like a conversation is between two people right so if you think about talking to yourself then you, are you splitting yourself into two people you know? know it's like but that's yeah. that's kind of what you have to think at least to rationalize that yeah that's how i think of it right so as i'm growing up there's this side of me that i don't understand but that i feel resistance towards And so as I get older and as I'm able to develop into... Is that the true side of you? Yes. Okay. Essentially. That's what I would assume it would be, the resistance side. As you get older and as you become more independent, and I think a lot of this has to do with like coming out and, and, you know, really just standing in yourself Mm -hmm. and knowing who you are. Because once you get, the closer you get to that, the more the resistance of your past starts to make sense. So when were you like, okay, I'm gay? Was there a moment? Yeah, (laughs) there was. It was 2015. 
was when I like came out. I mean, I definitely like knew that I was (laughs) interested in men before that. Mm -hmm. I just didn't um, want to accept it for a long time. But so this was my sophomore year of college. I had met a guy that I just had like intense feelings for and it clicked in my head for some reason, I think at that point Mm -hmm. where I was just like, okay, I really like this person. And unless I decide that like this is who I am, then I'm going to have to let go or I won't be able to pursue him. And it was kind of that at that time where I was just like, okay, I feel so strongly about you. Hold up. Because <laughs> that means you've lived until you're 21, 22, 20, 20 as a straight male. And that's not actually how you felt. Yep. And I know so many people that have, it takes even longer than that. I guess maybe it's selfish of me, but I'm like, I, I thought you were going to say like when you were 12, because I wish that yeah. was, but maybe that's, that's my own stuff. Well, but, but I think that that ties back to what we started the conversation yeah. with of like why it took me that long. Okay. So then tell me the difference between the resistance you felt. Yeah. How do we go back to that? Yeah. Well, I think because why does anyone not say it? Why yeah. does, why does any person and this is not just men this is not Mm -hmm. just women this is anyone Mm -hmm. whatever you identify as Mm -hmm. this could be anything regardless of sexuality it's like anything that's not the norm exactly 100 percent, or anything that has been pushed on you yeah by people that you trust or are supposed Mm -hmm. to look up to and it's not and again like i we started off with the with the relationship with my dad which obviously everyone Mm -hmm. can tell is not great yeah but it wasn't just him it was a lot of male figures in my life and even to this day i'm not kidding like even today i can i can name a time where i felt uncomfortable with a like straight male it's just something that is ingrained in me a little Mm -hmm. bit and I think that that just has a lot to do with, with how I was brought up. But to tie it back, though, I think it's just, you know, like you said, what's the norm? And like based on my upbringing, the things and the people that I was around and the way of thought. And I and I grew up in the South, like very conservative, very religious in a lot of ways. So just the ideals that are instilled upon you just mm-hmm. don't allow for something like that to be okay. What the story that I'm making up in my head is the thought in your head is I have to be this way or blank. So what would the blank be? I have to show up as this way or shame and embarrassment. Okay. At least that's how I rationalize it. Like I, like I'm trying to put myself in, in my prior to coming out shoes. And I think to myself, like what would it feel like to, to do this sooner? Like high school max. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm thinking is like high school me. Like if I had just told everyone like what 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 would happen and I don't know I'm a firm believer where it's like I don't regret anything in life I don't I don't wish that I did things differently because I trust that how things have happened have made me who I am now but I do think back and I'm like okay what would the consequences have been and I think a lot of it has to do with how strong you are as an individual and I think that based on your upbringing and and being told that it's not okay or that it's weird or that it's wrong in the comments you must have heard from people that you were close to because let's go back to this the book that i'm listening to the author justin baldani wrote he was talking about a story of him trying to prove his masculinity to his friends when he was younger maybe middle school high school and the names he was called when he didn't show up i'm totally butchering this the actual story so go read the book but this is the essence of it. The names that he was called when he wasn't showing up as your stereotypical strong, brave man doing strong, brave man things was stuff like female body parts and 
and gay, which then he's talking about. So it's like you're either a man or you're gay. You mm-hmm. can't be both. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. I like I specifically remember, too, in high school, I, I tried to to be on the football team. <laughs> that that, How did it go? that I will say that I regret. <laughs> that I say I regret. Not 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 one of my best ideas. I just didn't understand any of it. I don't. And get there it. was a part of it too, like we had what they called Hell Week, where literally, and I went to like a a boarding school. I mean, it was a day school, obviously, but then there were there was also boarders, and so we would live on our campus for a week. And do like literally three a days. This was before hazing was not okay. Mm-hmm. And there were policies put into place to like mm-hmm. not allow them. Like it was like straight up full on hazing for a week. And I remember just <laughs> counting the days. The And it was literally a week. But I was but I was like I hated it so much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was just it was toxic masculinity. It was all of these men and boys. Mm-hmm. I don't even call them men. But boys on the on the football team that were older and and it was this concept of like well we went through it so you have to and like just all of these things and just they're so proud of themselves for being so aggressive and angry and mean like and that's what being a man is exactly and i think from a very young age i just i was always in my head i was always just questioning it i was Mm -hmm. always just like why this is so dumb Mm -hmm. like why are you so proud of this like Mm -hmm. why do you feel this way why do you act this way and why is that good and what i feel is bad exactly but i but 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 again it's like majority rules you know yeah and if you put yourself in an environment where the majority believe and act that way and you're the outsider and you're the out like the minority there then obviously you're not going to be listened to or cared for that's another experience that i remember going through and Throughout my life, I think I think being this way and feeling this way definitely aged me quicker than most too because I was constantly evaluating other people and questioning why I felt different or questioning why I didn't why I wasn't the way that other people were. You have to become super intelligent in one aspect, right? Cuz you are you're resilient in the fact that I'm going to make sure that I I do fit in. Mm-hmm. That I do find I want to call it belonging, but true belonging isn't fitting in. Yeah. But you you had to find a way to survive with Mm -hmm. the internal dialogue you're having. Yeah. I think you just become a master of disguise in a way, you know, and that's truly the best way I can explain Mm -hmm. it. I definitely don't look back on my entire childhood or upbringing or anything prior to coming out. And I don't look at it as, as if I was a victim in any way. Yeah. I really don't. Granted, I wish I didn't have to go through some of those things, but I definitely feel like in life, whether it's this experience or anything, going through hard things, doing hard things makes you tougher yeah. and stronger and, and gives you that life experience to then go and teach others things that you may have learned from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say this all the time, like you, you don't, the biggest lessons you learn are from usually failure yeah. or low points, mm-hmm. you know, when it's traumatic, I don't necessarily think that that's something that I should be like, I'm not promoting that. I'm yeah. not saying like, Oh, I wish like, I, I think everyone should go through this. I don't, but think you that. grow through valleys, but I do yeah. think that you grow through low points. And so like, that's how I've just chosen to look at everything. Mm-hmm. But the master of disguise thing, I think to your point, like when it's a method of survival, yes, you put on this front and most people that have been through this experience or something similar can relate to this, that you just become something else. And so then you're kind of leading two different lives. And that's why it's such a freeing feeling. That's why coming out is kind of described as freedom, free to be who I am. Like, I think it's that freeing feeling because you're letting go of some of this person that you've Mm -hmm. tried to be for Mm -hmm. so long. Like that person kind of holds you captive. It holds the other part of you captive. Yeah. 
Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I have two questions. I want to start with this one. So you can't see Max at all. You can hear him. You can go but, look me up. What? I said you can go you look, look me him up. up. <laughs> I want to make sure this question comes out right because in my head it makes sense. And I, you've mentioned when we've been out before, like hanging out, that it's hard for you to date sometimes because people can't look at you and know that you're gay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. People look at you and assume you're straight. Is that a fair it assessment? It depends on if I'm dancing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're just standing straight up. <laughs> Well, even I don't think people could tell at like, a, I, ne- I didn't know when I met you. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm, I'm not the most expressive person. Yeah. Right well, I think this is this is where I'm tr- getting to my question. I don't know if it's a question. Maybe it's a whatever. Going back to like, you can't be masculine 
and gay mm-hmm. that whole thing kind of pissed me off and i don't know if that's just my feelings yeah because i look at you and i would say that you are masculine and you're gay right but because you're masculine then you can't be gay or if you're gay you can't be masculine right they're not mutually exclusive it shouldn't be an either or right thing i think i think and, and i think that we're moving in that direction yeah i think that the, the idea that someone is surprised that the two can coexist is really what needs to be unraveled in society is that people shouldn't be shocked by that you know and sometimes i take a look at this and i really think that it just comes down to a fact of like people are people and who whatever they are and whoever they are and however they are is just is just that Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be any added level of confusion or or questioning around it that's just i'm just saying that as like an umbrella Mm -hmm. thought but to dive into that a little bit deeper i think yeah they just they shouldn't be two separate things How's that shown up for you or affected you or has that fact that people, it's like one or the other. Do you have feelings about it? I yeah. have strong feelings about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's, be, and I think it goes back to what the preconceived notion of being gay means, you know? Yeah. Like what you were talking about, about yeah. how it, how it is addressed as being feminine. So when that story was being told, it was being a woman and being, and being gay is not masculine and being masculine is better than being those things and so those things are less than and that's the thing that's really frustrating is why is one better than the first of all they're not being gay and masculine is not different right but the other thing is this idea of being this masculine man isn't the greatest achievement in the world but then everybody else is below them and that what I is what I think is messed up because women can have masculine traits men can have feminine traits it doesn't make them one or the other it goes to your point it's people are just people and that's what it is yeah absolutely well I think and if you break this down I mean I'm <laughs> I'm no scientist or I'm, I'm not you know You're not? biologically <laughs> yeah surprised like I don't understand it but like even down to that aspect of it, like men have estrogen, women have testosterone. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it shouldn't be a one or the other. Mm-hmm. There should be a combined balance of both. And I think that that's just generally something that isn't really talked about. Yeah. If you look back in history, I mean, the idea that a king is higher than a queen in, in a sense, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. like that concept that is, that has prevailed through history that the male yeah. figure is higher or more than or better than the female Mm -hmm. that's taught to us throughout history Mm -hmm. whether or not it's instilled in us when we're raised Mm -hmm. by our parents or whoever we're raised by but it is taught to us in history that that's a concept and so subconsciously it becomes a belief which then you have to either unbelieve or you you kind of attack everything that you view in life with that filter and i think what yeah that was great that it has been taught to us all of this stuff has been taught to us we believe it because it's what's been taught to us what you experienced you were being shoved in one direction trying to be taught this one way of living everything is being taught to us the cool thing is we can unlearn things but we have to also want to right i grew up in the south very sheltered one looking one way and i've had to put effort into like okay how do i unlearn things that i didn't even know i learned mm-hmm. and when you were talking about i think it was when you were talking about the football team of like if i show up as different then everybody else is still over here the same so it's like now i'm the outcast but i think what what is so cool that i've seen and i don't know if you would agree i think that as a society and a culture, we're doing more than ever to create that change because people are now willing to be an outcast yeah. for the greater good. Yeah. I think like that's we step need one. That. Yeah. Step one. I think that is step one is, is normalizing mm-hmm. the being different. Mm-hmm. And I think 
a lot of of improvement has been done in that in that way and and i don't really care if this ages me because i don't consider myself old at all but like i didn't have social media in my my grade school upbringing like Mm -hmm. throughout high school like end of high school is like right when social media became popular so now that social media is just completely enveloped everything and and is (laughs) taken over the world everything yeah Yeah. like i take a look and i see so many younger kids Mm -hmm. and when i say kids i mean like you know, teenagers and above where they are out maybe and, and they have kind of, you know, come out or whatever the, the circumstance may be. And granted, it might not be that normal yet, but it, it we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And I think that the visibility to being different and to being yourself is becoming more yeah. okay. But I think it takes a lot more than that. It, it takes, like you said, wanting to learn and, and accept that. But I think it's just an open mindedness that too many people are afraid of. Why do you think people are afraid of widening their acceptance of types of human beings? I wish I knew the answer too, because then maybe we could like... I think it kind of goes back to that challenge thing that we talked about. It's like challenging people in the way of opening their mind and expanding their thoughts is great. But when it's a pointed challenge, as in this is right, this is wrong, you need to do this and keep going, then that can be somewhat destructive a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I won't say that I have the answer to it. But I will say that I think people that have not been challenged to open their thoughts to something else Mm -hmm. are usually the ones that end up, you know, not not doing so. We're going to go backwards. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go, let's go back. I want to know when you came out, what did that look like? Yeah. And like, who did you first come out to? Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to make up a story. I'm this kid in college, mm-hmm. dating women, doing my thing. Barely. Being, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> but you were? Sort maybe. Of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm, you know, just hanging out, doing my thing having these feelings in my head then i meet this guy i have feelings for him and yeah. i'm like i have to i have to choose myself yeah finally I have to choose myself mm-hmm. how did you do that i mean it was definitely difficult i uh, the way i went about it or when i decided that that i was going to tell people i made a point to myself to only tell the people that i truly loved and that i felt needed to hear directly from me because i didn't want to make like a huge and and again just to kind of like reiterate i'm not a very expressive person like i i do share a good amount on mm-hmm. social media but i really have a pretty tight circle of people that i that i like re- mm-hmm. that truly know me and that's just how i've chosen to live my life but same goes back then like i i knew i wanted to tell the people that meant the most to me to hear mm-hmm. it directly from me so i told my mom i told my sisters and i told when i told my dad that's when he decided that we were no longer speaking shut up but yeah and then i told most of my like really close friends what was the response of your mom and your sisters Oh, absolutely. So my uncle, my mom's brother is gay and he, he lives in California and I grew up in Florida for context. So like he wasn't super prominent in my life. I kind of wish he was a little bit mm-hmm. like when I look back on it, cause I almost feel like maybe I would have felt more comfortable if I had had him as a role model. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I mean, they were all very accepting. Like they were like, we love you, you know, Thank you for sharing yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 I love you. There were some people too where they were like, oh, I, well, yeah, I knew. You know what I mean? And going back to that whole like master of disguise thing, part of me was just like, no, you didn't. Like I was, <laughs> I was really good at hiding that. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like kisses one girl all of high school. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you didn't know I was straight. Um, but he kissed that girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, duh. I held her hand that one time. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, so was dad like the last person you told? I don't even know if it was the last person. I just remember I like went out to lunch with him one one day and he was like, so are you seeing any girls or like seeing any women? I don't know, whatever he said. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, but I am talking to a guy. And it was, yeah, that's where it was. He was just like, not okay. And he was just like, what? And he, yeah, he was just really confused. And then like, I think he, it, it was almost interesting because I'm trying to like kind of put myself back there. He was like physically t- mm-hmm. like hurt by that. And he almost kind of like laughed it off. And then basically it was just like, well, we're not going to talk about that. That's what he said? Yeah. Like we like did not discuss it from, and then we just like moved on. Like eating lunch? Uh-huh. That was it. Almost as if he like wiped it from his mind. And then from that point, he like, when we were saying goodbye to each other, I remember he was just like, I think he said something around like, well, I love you, but I don't support that. And then pretty much we just like stopped communicating because, and also for context too, like he was not a great guy anyway. Like that's why I say that it wasn't hard for me to do to, to break that relationship because growing up he used to again like I didn't have to see him on any sort of cadence and so he like I would call him pretty much like every day when I would drive to school I would call him and that would be like our time for to catch up and then you know we would spend time with each other whenever we did but like that was our time and then if I forgot one day or if I was busy or something like that he would guilt me saying like you're the only family I have um because like his other family like excommunicated him he was just not a great guy yeah he was just not a great guy and my mom didn't really interfere either because she again like we can get into this too but she was just the exact opposite like she wanted me to figure things out for myself Mm -hmm. and like wanted me to learn like and she would tell me her opinion but then like still be like you know I like I'm not I can't be one to tell you this and that like I want you to make your own decision but anyway he, he would like guilt me for not calling him one day and basically make me feel like the worst person in the world. So when I told him and when he decided that I wasn't, you know, good enough to be in his life or whatever the whatever the thought was, I was like, great. Thank God. <laughs> like, like, that's relief. what it felt like. That's what it felt well, like. Well, I no longer have to pretend to be this person I'm not. And I no longer have to force myself to be in this relationship that's painful. Exactly. Exactly. Which I felt bad for him, but I have not spoken to him. I, I spoke to him once after that. Well, that has was, he tried to reach out to you once yeah okay you feel bad for him i feel sadness for him him. that he you know can't get past that then again too i mean it's it's just a relationship at this point where i've just i don't need it or want it well that's one of those things where i think it's tough because we're created to desire relationships with our our caregivers Mm -hmm. our parents and also there's like the story the fairy tale story of like what a dad is and what a mom is and what your parents are are yeah the normative story mm-hmm. i think by bio, like biologically we always can have this like desire that oh it would have been nice to have xyz but what i hear you saying is that's not what i had and what i had didn't feel very good right so i'm i'm, I'm not sad to not have something that didn't feel good <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, I feel like I, especially after I moved to Nashville and I really just started diving into mm-hmm. who I am, I really started to learn, okay, how do you get mm-hmm. rid of things that don't serve you? How do you really just create the life that you want to live mm-hmm. and surround yourself with the people that you want to be around? I, I mean, I even remember when I first moved here, or even sometimes in college when I left, like when I was technically on my own, I guess you could say, I remember having like hesitations around choosing things for myself because I was like, oh you know it's only your choice no one's gonna tell you yes or no like you get to do what you want 
this i mean and that can go for anything mm-hmm. I, I i really don't have like an example it's more yeah. so just a feeling that i remember but yeah i mean it's i think it's just it kind of just goes back to like when you know what's good for you what you're talking about which i think is so cool and just want to like validate you a lot for this is the deepest fears that a lot of us struggle with are fear of abandonment and rejection and we think about that from an outside perspective. We don't want to be abandoned by them. We don't want to be rejected by them. But what you're doing is you're saying, well, I choose to not abandon myself. Mm-hmm. I choose to not reject myself. And in that, I believe that by choosing myself, I will live a life where I'm surrounded by people who will also choose me, which is so hard for some people to get to because it's freaking scary. Yeah, It's scary to choose our true authentic selves because what I will say is most of the time, somebody's true authentic self does not fit into the normative roles of anything that are out there. But because we're all playing that game, we all think that everybody is fitting into that and we're the only ones that aren't. So it's like such a fucked up cycle. I think that the definition of what's normal is constantly changing too with right. how in your face everyone's life is, you know, and oh, yeah. also the over edited normality of everything yes. as well. So like, yes. So you go on social media and you see someone, whether their photo is photoshopped or not, or whether their Mm -hmm. circumstance is different than yours or Mm -hmm. not. It's just you label things in your head as, well, why don't I have that? Mm -hmm. They have this. Why don't I have that? Why am I this way? They're all that way. Exactly. There's just so many reasons to, to question why you're different. We all want to be accepted. That's the root of it. We all just want to be accepted. But do we want to be accepted for this version that fits in with the norm that's on Instagram or whatever, or that we grew up with on TV shows, or do I want to be accepted for this version? Mm -hmm. That feels really good. It probably feels so good to be able to show up as yourself fully Mm -hmm. and people being like, I want to be around you. Mm -hmm. I want to know you more. I want to be in a relationship with that person Mm -hmm. versus I could be this other guy and my dad could want to be BFF with me, but that doesn't feel good because I'm rejecting myself every single day. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think going back to like your original point around the whole like masculinity versus being yeah, gay have- <laughs> and well, no, I mean, I just, I just want to tie it back because yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's just very relevant in, in the rejection piece Yeah. of like, why can't I be gay and masculine? Because I really do enjoy being masculine. That's what I find the most attractive in other men is masculinity, mm-hmm. you know? And that's typically why I end up being mm-hmm. attracted to straight men, which is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's a different story. Um, but anyway, so no, I mean, I think that that's, that's just really where it comes back to. Because like, okay, so if I'm rejecting parts of myself that I've been taught to feel like are normal, but exclusively you know, different. Like I can't be gay and be masculine. I have to choose. Then that would mean you would have to reject a part of you. Exactly. And that's, and that's where it comes back to. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it's like, okay, well, I'm going to remove myself from the environment that makes me choose and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be. And I think that's really where people sometimes can't get to because it's like, how do you remove yourself from a circumstance or a surrounding or an environment that only allows you to choose yeah and depending on who you are and your resources i mean the fear can be like essentially paralyzing and i think going back to what the book says about like why is is being masculine also perceived as being better than than it's not better it's just masculine yeah exactly like i think that it's just a matter of being 
yeah and anyone can be it but i think it's the it's the like the filters or the walls that are put up around certain identities mm-hmm as if there's some barrier to entry. And I'm stuck on this idea too, though, because you just said that if masculine was better, so everybody's going to be masculine, then our world is going to be really fucked up because we need the softness too. Mm -hmm. I think in anything you need balance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but also like the openness for any level of that balance. So like people should be open to like a balance of both, but then also either extreme I mean, I don't think extreme any any full extreme is is good in any way. I think a, a but balance should be good. Masculinity doesn't like, have to be this big. You don't have to be like the yeah, biggest guy with right. the biggest muscles. Yeah. And you don't have to be like the sweetest, dainty little feminine, whatever you are. Right. It can be a, a mixture. It's yeah. a spectrum. Yeah, because as we've seen time and time again, a lack of either usually shows up in some way in yeah. a negative form. The most masculine man that doesn't have a soft side will have issues. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So here's the thing. We could talk for 45 hours. (laughs) So we'll just have you back. This was a great, this was a great starting conversation for your continued um, guest appearance on the show. I'm ready. So thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me ask all those questions. Thank you for having me. And thank you for answering the questions. Do you want people to follow you on Instagram? Of course. Okay. So what's your Instagram handle? It's my first name, Max, (laughs) M-A-X, middle initial T and last name Barry, B-A-R-R-Y. Okay. Go follow him and be his friend and take my class and then take his. Yeah. (laughs) In that order. (laughs) In that order. I'm just kidding. We need to do a team teach. We did. And then they can start with that. I know. We'll do it again. We'll do another one. Okay. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening and being here. If you have questions for Max or me, send them to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com and maybe they'll show up on a Couch Talks episode and have the day you need to have. Okay, bye. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.